Eric Phoenix has announced his transfer destination, and I ain't even gonna lie, this one caught me off guard. And it kind of surprised me even when I thought about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on podcast network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor and contributing writer at USA Today's Saints Wire. I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. And today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on. And they'll even throw in a free Yeti tumbler with Bird Dogs on it. So it's customized when you use the promo code locked on college. At checkout. These things are amazing. Now, I could just simply tell you the rundown, but I will take this opportunity to point out some of the great work that the graphic department at the Locked On Podcast Network has done. Because on the YouTube side, we now have a rundown to my left. This is beautiful. So we'll wrap up discussing the women's basketball docuseries by Howard, Howard, Howard Women's Basketball. Then we'll go to the ZZ Clark moving into Tennessee State in the middle of the show. But we'll start off by highlighting Eric Phoenix and his transfer destination because that is something that truly did catch me off guard. Now, he's finally announced it. The former Benedict College quarterback will be attending Murray State. Now, I'll tell you why this surprised me, but I didn't have any school in mind. When he left Benedict College, I didn't have a specific school like, oh, I think he's going to go to Alabama State. I think he's going to go to Delaware State. I think he's going to go to to this school, that school. I didn't have any of that really in my mind. But this is a move that when I look at it and thought about it, I just I kind of still scratch my head. And I'll admittedly say I'm a pretty much a novice when it comes to Murray State, right? Like Murray State isn't something that's really in my wheelhouse that I'm looking into a lot. But when I look at the two and nine record, that ain't cushy. That's not a place where you feel like, oh, I'm going to go in there and immediately win. That kind of feels like a place where you have to turn things around, which is not what I expected. Though I didn't have an expectation as far as specific schools, I did have somewhat of a framework of what I thought Eric Phoenix's destination was going to look like. In Murray State, wasn't it? They're two and nine. They're two and nine. Like, I'm going somewhere where I can win. Now, one thing that he did do that I just knew he was going to, like, this is something I just absolutely knew for sure. With no inside information, I knew he was going to go FCS. I just didn't think that after the year he had, the success that Benedict College had, for him to leave and then still stay on the D2 ranks, I would have looked a little bit differently at Benedict College had that been the case. So I expected him to go up a subdivision. So he did do that. He did go to an FCS school in Murray State. But outside of that, I thought he was going to go somewhere where the team was already good. Maybe you had a quarterback that was leaving, but the success was already imminent because he he doesn't have much time left. If I'm not mistaken, he's a grad transfer. So he has one, maybe two years left. 
I would think that he was going to go somewhere where last year's team, a quarterback could put him over the top or a quarterback. Like if you just go in there and you're just a little bit better than the quarterback, you're going what four and seven instead of two and nine. That's something that just caught me completely off guard. So, and listen, maybe, maybe the quarterback play was so horrendous that it, it weighed down good options at the quarter. I mean, at the wide receiver position, maybe the quarterback had bad pocket mobility. So the offensive line looks worse. Maybe there's a lot of things. Maybe they got into, maybe the quarterback got into a hole where the running back couldn't really be as efficient or as effective as he would have been in a closer matchup, man. Look, there's so many different things without me actually going and watch every single Murray state game or even multiple Murray state games. Like there's so much more involved in that, but I would just say that them being a two and nine ball club is something that just caught me a little bit off guard. It did. And I'll leave it at that. So we'll see what Phoenix does. I know some people thought maybe he was going to go to the HBCU ranks. And no, I didn't I, I didn't know, think, or really expect anything. I didn't hope anything, right? For me, it was just okay, wherever Eric Phoenix lands, I'll discuss it on the show. If he lands at an HBCU, I'll probably discuss it multiple times on the show. But because he didn't, this will probably be a one-off where, yeah, we discussed Eric Phoenix at the top of today's show but I don't really see a reason to discuss him any further unless he makes comments about Benedict college. Then if he makes comments about Benedict college, if they're relevant enough, if they're interesting enough, if they're reacted to or, or cared about enough from people, then we'll come in and we'll talk about it. And that's positive and negative. I'm not searching for a negative story, but he could say something like Benedict college made me this, that, and the third. And I will highlight the ways that, his stats have progressed throughout his Benedict College see a career and, and what he was able to do. Like, I could go through that. But he's at Murray State. So we'll see him. We'll see him. Just a matter of when. And it, it, we probably won't talk about it on the show again. But Eric Phoenix's destination, Murray State, not an overly successful team, not an HBCU. It is an FCS school. But outside of that F FCS subdivision, not something I expected altogether. Now, one thing you can expect is ZZ Clark, the high school guard coming out in 2024. He should make an impact for Tennessee State, but I just thought the reason that he picked the Tigers was really interesting in the story of how he potentially, could he still commit, potentially could get to Tennessee State is one that was fascinating and deserves to be broken down as we continue with Locked on HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs, and Bird Dogs is one of, if not the most comfortable shorts I've ever felt in my life, and that includes the shorts that I tried on and then realized I don't really want to buy these right now. Those are all included in that because we've all been there, try some on, saying I don't want it. If I ever had the opportunity to be at a store and try on Bird Dogs, I couldn't imagine why I would just walk away without purchasing two. Yes, I'm Nelly. Get I. Ah, I'm terrible. I need to purr. Get the stomping in my bird dog. Go get bird dogs. And if you if you send me, I'm I'm keeping this all in. I'm keeping all of this in the butcher and everything. If you send me a picture of you, a full body picture, please. Let's not be ridiculous. If you see a picture of you or tag me in a picture of you with your bird dogs, I'll remix any song you want and put bird dogs in it. Tell the Locked On Podcast I said it. <laughs> go to lock, go to birddogs.com slash locked on. Use the promo code locked on college. And when you send that full body picture, 
make sure you have your Yeti in the picture as well. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me, man, but there's something wrong with me. Anyway, let's continue with the show. As we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. On Friday's episode, I have such a treat for you. We're going to have Martavius Thomas, the highest rated HBCU baseball recruit in history on the show. Just talking about his life, the expectations going to Grambling, and then also what he expects when he does get to Grambling. So this is something you're going to want to really tune into because we haven't done it yet, but I know this is going to be fascinating. Right now, let's talk about another high schooler, ZZ Clark. ZZ Clark, he's going to be a high schooler next year as well. Martavis Thomas will be at Grambling next year. Meanwhile, Clark will still be in the high school ranks, but he has committed to Tennessee State. I can't believe. I'm still laughing at that. That's funny to me. But anyway, um, ZZ Clark is committed to Tennessee State. He is a point guard out of the class of 2024, and not only is he a Point guard, he's the number 25 ranked point guard, 24. He's a top 25 point guard in the country coming out of 2024. Now, here's the thing. It's very important to remember. He is coming out of high school next year. You will play a full basketball season without ZZ Clark being on college campuses, wherever he decides to go. I bring that up for a couple of reasons. A, there's still time for him to climb the ranks, still time for him to get more stars. He's currently a three-star prospect. But that doesn't really matter to you because he could be a zero-star prospect, and you don't really care. It's about how he performs when he's with Tennessee State. But for him, that might be important. He might want to look towards that and say, you know what? I want to get more stars. I want to climb up the ranks. I want to be more respected, all of these things. But the, the reason it's important to you as a fan is, A, it is a commit. This is not a signing. We don't usually do this. We don't usually discuss players who are still going to be in high school for another year. But like I said in the tease, I thought that this I thought this story was a little fascinating, and that's the reason I wanted to touch on it. But it's important because you need to know that you're going to go a little bit without him or a year without him, but then also it's not a full guarantee of what you're going to get. I just want everybody to have all the cards on the table. So this story that I was discussing is he was committed to play for Illinois. So you're supposed to go to the Illinois basketball team. His brother, Sky Clark, was there. But his brother ended up stepping away because of personal reasons. He ended up stepping away because of some things within the family. I'm not going to dive into them, but they are, they are on Google. It just feels a little too sad. I don't want to get into it and, and say the wrong thing or whatever. Um, or misrepresent the situation of what it was. But he's, he had some family issues that led to Sky Clark stepping away. Now, Sky Clark and ZZ Clark are brothers. So their family issues are each other's family issues more times than not. So with that being said, ZZ Clark has some personal issues that he had to deal with last year within his family. And the reason I bring that up is because, well, Sky Clark has transferred to Louisville. So if you're thinking about maybe having both of the Clark brothers at Tennessee State, not happening unless Sky just decides he doesn't like Louisville either and ends up moving and transferring to Tennessee State a year from now. But the reason I bring up those personal issues is because I feel like that was probably the swinging factor in why he chose Tennessee State. I, I thought that I don't have the exact quote, but sometimes people forget or some, sometimes people just don't treat athletes as if they're humans. Because we sit around and we talk about their skill set, right? So I'm not going to sit around and talk about, I'll just use Draymond Green. 
Like, I'm not going to sit around and talk. No, Jeremiah's a bad example because he has his own podcast. I'll use, I'll use Giannis, right? Giannis Antetokounmpo. I might not sit around and just talk about, hey, man, I think Giannis is funny. Like, I might not sit around and talk about, oh, you know, Giannis and his dad jokes at the press conference. Those are, those always make me laugh. I, I think those are funny. or what? I might not think about that or discuss that with people because why am I really talking about Giannis's comedy skills? The reason I'm talking about Giannis is what he does on the court. But it doesn't mean I don't acknowledge and recognize him as a human who has real emotions and feelings and goes through certain things. But I think when we talk about those aspects of athletes, we kind of miss the boat on that. We don't really discuss that often. But that's okay. I'm going to do it here. And I think that the fact that Coach Collins, the Tennessee State basketball coach, saw what Clark was going through, didn't abandon him, and stayed by him because you're recruiting these kids. You're building up relationships with these kids. So this isn't something that just goes away. He built that relationship and continued to check on Clark throughout the personal issues he was going through. And that was something he valued. He said, basically, Coach Collins, Coach Penny was somebody who did not abandon him at a time when he needed it the most. At a time when he was at, I want to say his lowest, but he was going through some extremely rough patches. Coach Penny was there. So I think that that was easily a deciding factor, if not the deciding factor that led to Clark coming to Tennessee State. Another thing that I thought was there. It's the facilities because he mentioned that. And I loved it. He talked about the nutrition center. He talked about the new training room. He talked about the new court that's on the horizon and his, his just excitement to be involved in all of those, right? They might all be done by the time that he gets there. I think that the training room and, and nutrition center are already done, but I think, I don't know about the, uh, the court, but that might be done by the time he gets there. He's excited for that. And the reason I bring it up is because the relationship between HBCUs and their facilities and fans and all that, it's hilarious to me. It is hilarious to me because a lot of HBCU fans feel like facilities should not decide if you go to a school. And that's because a lot of times these other schools, these power five schools who have so much more money have better training facilities because they have so much more money. Like that's just common sense on why that's the case. Now, I don't want to sit here and I don't want to sit here and contribute to a stereotype or a narrative that HBCUs don't have great facilities. Some do. Right. Some have state uh, state of the art facilities. For example, I think I've heard that PV has some of the best FCS facilities out there. So I don't want to make it seem like they're just in the poverty, like just all the time. But I've never heard facilities used as a benefit towards HBCUs when it came to recruiting. And I thought this was a, a nice change of pace. I thought it was cool. Like so often don't make your decision based off of that. But when you when it works in our favor. I'm going to acknowledge that. And I think that's a great moment. And I think that's ZZ Clark coming to Tennessee State, at least committing and maybe being at Tennessee State in the 2024 season is a story that should be discussed. And that's why I have a platform. Going forward, we're talking about, we're talking about stories that should be discussed. How about Howard women's basketball? Their story is going to be not only discussed, but showcased as a docu-series. Yeah, we're going to have a docu-series highlighting Howard women's basketball attempt to defend their MEAC title last year. And we'll dive into why that is such a huge victory as we continue with Locked on HBCU. And as we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day. Making it all the way to segment three, I thank you two times for that, my folks. I really do appreciate it. Now, Howard, in their women's basketball docu-series, web docu-series, 
is a huge victory. We've seen this with teams like North Carolina Central Basketball, with FAMU football. Um, I think it's one more that I'm missing right now. I can't think off the top of my head. But those were on ESPN+. And there's value in that, 100% value in the platform that you have. But I think the fact that Howard Women's Basketball took the initiative a year ago to say we're going to make the 2022-23 season into a docu-series. We're going to document it from practice to games to game prep, all of that, and say we're going to put it out after the season and we're going to call it championship culture. I thought it was a great plan by them because it's in their own mind, it's in their own hands. Any funds that they make from it, they're not splitting it up. I don't even know if they're going to make any funds off of it. But it's all there. And no diss to ESPN. I love when it's on ESPN because of what that provides. But I just thought the idea that women's basketball being highlighted at Howard, that's a great step. And I want to first off start off with the with the name, Championship Culture. This docuseries is about them attempting to defend their MEAC championship. In the 2021-22 season, so the MEAC championship that was a full calendar year ago, they won the MEAC. Last year, the season after that, that just ended a couple of months ago, they were trying to defend their title. They didn't do it. That's why I love the name. Stupid as that might sound, follow me. I love the name championship culture because you didn't win two championships back-to-back. If you win two championships back-to-back, it's easy to say championship culture. If you win two series, or excuse me, you win two championships consecutively, it's easy to sit there and say, we've built this, we've done this. But when you have one championship and one where you just nearly get there, because I don't want to make it seem like they had a less successful year. They were the third best team in the conference. They had a number three seed, tied for two, but ended up losing a tiebreaker. The number three seed made it to the conference championship game, and they just lost to the champions, right? So I don't want to make it seem as if they had a bad year, a down year or something like that. That's not the case. That's not the case at all. But it's still a season where you didn't win another championship. I love it because it's a culture is something you have built that's withstanding. You cannot win a championship every single year. It's just not possible. Texas Southern does not win the championship every year. We do it a lot, though. We do it a lot. Like, let's look. We do it a lot. You know, like, I don't mean to, br- but we do it a lot. Okay. A lot. Like, I mean, like, all the time. But TSU doesn't win the championship every year. It's just not, it's not reasonable. But there is a championship culture. There is an, a, there is a known fact that we know how to win. They know how to win. Let's take the we out of it. TSU knows how to win. And I think everybody within that locker room, even players who are freshmen or transferred in, they feel that a culture is something that is not dependent on success. A culture is something that is sustained no matter what. So when you name this championship culture after you didn't win a championship, it, 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 I don't know if it's on purpose or if it's inadvertent, but it signifies everything that you have built and will continue to build, right? So that's the way I look at it. And I went on a little spiel or whatever, but I do think it sends a message that we're not going anywhere. That wasn't a fluke. That wasn't a flash in the pan. Even if you thought maybe getting to the championship game was like, okay, whatever. No, this is a culture. This is who we are. Another reason I love this, and this probably is the biggest reason to love it, is because I look at the, right now, what I believe the trajectory of collegiate women's basketball to be. And I think they have a chance right now to capitalize on a lot of attention and start building stars. And I take that to the NCAA tournament finals. 
Iowa versus LSU. Now, a lot of people, because I, I see this in the comments a lot, and I, I don't know that it's not true, but a lot of people say that the reason he got a lot of numbers was Caitlin Clark. And they say that to dismiss the LSU people. Okay, that's fine. Caitlin Clark is a huge star. So maybe a lot of people did turn in or tune in to watch Caitlin Clark. She had a mix of talent and bravado, both in, I mean, like bunches, right? She showcased both of them a lot. Now, after the game, when LSU did win, whatever, you want to say that Caitlin Clark is the reason people tune into the game? I've watched Flage. I've watched Angel Reese be able to capitalize on that victory, capitalize on that moment, and just take off and be everywhere. And I feel like they are collegiate stars, along with Caitlin Clark, right? And though both of those players are great players, right? Angel Reese and Flage are excellent players. Right now, what is carrying them for a lot of people in their head is their marketability, is their personality, is who they are. That's something that I believe is important because you can make an argument that personality is the most valuable commodity in the world, right? Because it can take you so many places. It can get you money. Like, like even when you say money, relationships, people know all of those things are tied to your personality. You could really make an argument that your pers personality is the most valuable commodity that you could have, right? And I think that Reese and Flage are doing that. But also, I think that their victory, I think that the high ratings for the, the tournament, the fact that this was more discussed than the NCAA men's tournament by far, I think it's opening a lot of people's eyes to how marketable women's basketball can be, college women's basketball can be, because you have some stars. Now, Howard, they didn't react to this. They already had this plan a year ago. But I do think they can capitalize on it by making their own stars. By saying, you know what, Destiny Howe, Kanaya Harris, we're going to build you up. And, you know, not even build you up, but just you get to see personality. You get to see how relatable somebody is. And I think just being able to connect with people, the easiest way to do it is by just showing your actual personality. Some people do it in press conferences. Some people do it on Twitter. Some people do it on whatever social media platform that you want to highlight. But being a really good player is it's, it's a great thing. But if you're trying to establish a brand, it has to be something attached. And I think that if you have a good personality, that's probably the easiest thing to attach to your skill set to make you even more marketable. And maybe, because this hasn't came out yet, maybe you'll see some people, whether it's Hal, whether it's Harris, whether it's somebody we're not even talking about. And it's like, oh, I want to see what they're going to do next year. That's what I think is beautiful because you now have the ability to build up a star, multiple stars, or just all around get more interest in your in your team right in your program because i think right now like i said after that ncaa final i think women's basketball is going to have more stars i think we're going to see more people put a focus on the personality of collegiate women's basketball players that's how i feel and i think that howard's striking at the right time and then lastly this one isn't as deep or anything but just the motivation factor that it seems like the players believe they'll get from watching the documentary um destiny howe said, I think when the team sees the documentary, it'll push us. We experienced a lot of disappointment and hurt, and it'll make us hungrier and more willing to work harder. Then Kanaya Harris said, the web series will ignite a lot of hunger in the girls. The pressure from this year might be worse than last year. I can't explain. It was a different type of pain. This year, it's more so we know we should have won the MEAC. We have to take it upon ourselves to get it done. Now, the hunger is generic. It's going to make us hungry seeing us not win. Okay. Fine, but it was said twice, so I decided to mention it. Now, I did feel like 
highlighting the difference between the pressure going into last season and the pressure going into the next season, the most upcoming season, I should say. I found that interesting that Harris said because, okay, that's actually something I can latch on to. Everybody says they're hungry when they don't win. But when you talk about the pressure, and maybe watching it back does tell you, I can, we should have won. And I can exactly see why we should have won. And just watching the season back and everything that went into it, because we're talking about game prep, games, practice, coaches' interviews, them just living life. All of those things are going to be involved in this docuseries. This is going to be great. And I'll definitely try to tune into it. If I if I can make sure I see it, I do so much, y'all. I ain't going to lie. My mind be racing. But if I can find it, I will check this out for sure. I just can't wait till it comes out. So make sure you guys are tuning into that the same way that you're tuning into us and making us your first listen of the day every day. I truly do appreciate it, seriously. On, on Friday's episode, Martavius Thomas is coming through. The highest-rated HBCU baseball recruit in history is coming to the show, and I can't wait to help him tell his story. So make sure you're here to tune into it. Now, in the meantime, in between time, until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.